But Gino, welcome to the wrestling journalist. You and I are wrestling journalists. You know, you even mentioned a second ago. He hate me says, can we cancel Gino for being a dumb asshole? Gino, what did you do to he hate me? I mean, I thought we hated him. His name is he hate me. And I mean, he's throwing daggers. At me. I didn't even finish the intro, Gino. I think he just like he realizes he thinks I'm just so dumb because I did mix him and Nathan up because they both go after me. They get confused about the two. But now I know he hate me is he hate me. He is not Nathan. He is not Nathan. He is his own individual now, and you should respect him as such. Um, that's as good as your screen, your green screen gets on this. So, Gino, you just mentioned you are staying up all night. Uh, to, you're going to watch Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. So we are a niche wrestling podcast. Every time I get notes from people, they say, you say niche too much. So I, I want to hit my quota of niches right in the beginning. That way I don't have to worry about saying niche anymore throughout the entire niche event. So Wrestle Kingdom is a two-night event this year, for, for those who are unaware. I mean, you should be. This is the most niche wrestling podcast on the internet. We only talk niche wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling is having a two-night Wrestle Kingdom this year, separating from what they did last year where they did like a three – was it three-night last year? And this one is the most annoying to me, Gino. Now, let me know what your thoughts are. I'm sure you're going to love it. Like, it makes more sense to do it this way. Why would they have – night one is on the fourth, and night two is like three weeks later. Isn't that a weird – that's a long time in between – can you call it the same thing if that much time has passed? It's if you've built up the entire show and set up for this amazing event as they do every year. So, yes, I understand. Like It's not entirely like night two. Like, we did have Wrestling Kingdom last year. We did have night one, night two, pretty much night after the other night. Then we had night three, which was the Noah versus NJPW show that did happen like weeks later, which then went into New Year's Dash. So it is like they try to set up so there's Wrestle Kingdom very close to New Year's Dash, which is another big event we do every year after Wrestle Kingdom. We do it. Me, you, Gato. We always get in our booking meeting and we plan this whole thing out from start to finish. And we always talk about Sasha Banks. Because isn't that the kind of – so for the outside of the niche wrestling like I am, uh, and I'm in it, by the way, but New Japan I don't follow – super closely Sasha Banks has been seen in Japan right like she's landed she's touched down on the aisle so what what is happening here so are we she's not wrestling on the fourth so she's showing up to attack somebody right to set up for the what is that second night is it like the 28th or some shit I forget exactly when the second night is for this wrestling. and we could double check really quickly. Why is but it I do so know, like, far, This is going to set up for her big match against Kyrie because Kyrie is going to win the IWGP Women's Championship. Uh, she already is the champion, I thought. Yeah, she's going to retain. That's oh, it. retain. She's going to okay. win the match, retaining her title. Kyrie Sane, for, for those who are in the know from NXT, she's now the champion of IWGP. She hated uh, Nia Jax. Now she wrestles in Japan. Uh, so she's going to retain her title, and you're assuming that means hey, the dream I hadn't quite made it. So she's going to walk out onto the stage, and she's going to like point at her, and she's going to point now at Now Lockheed Black says, why the fuck is the second night a month after the first night? Dude, it's night? so far away, Gino. That's like if we watch WrestleMania. Because during this Wrestle Kingdom, you can do something and then look up at the Wrestle Kingdom sign and point at it. Like That's how far away night two of Wrestle Kingdom is. Is we're going to have, so night one is on the 4th. And night two is on the 21st. So it's not like there's a bunch of other Wrestle Kingdom events throughout the month and we just call January Wrestle Kingdom month. 
Like it's literally two shows spaced. And I, I like I like one part of it where they're saying night one is in the Tokyo Dome because that's tradition. And then night two on the 21st is at the Yokohama Arena. So I guess it makes sense to have the two separate venues. But to have your event be that far apart, I mean, does anything does anyone else do that? Like even Coachella is back-to-back weekends. Yeah, they don't know other places do it like New Japan. That's New Japan does it stronger than anyone else and has us ready for these two night events where it is spaced around. And you're just so hyped after night one, especially with the two main events. That one's looking forward to. They're going to be like, let's get ready for night two. They're going to be so hyped and ready, and they're going to be willing to wait that time to see the new hype night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Eddie in the chat, night night two is Wrestle Kingdom Backlash. He said WrestleMania Backlash, but I, I agree with him now. Wrestle Kingdom Backlash. So maybe they are just pulling a page out of the old WWE playbook, and this event's going to have some zombies and stuff. Uh, what a bummer. I don't know. This kind of bums me out. Like I know that I think I said that last year because didn't they do like Monday, Tuesday, Friday? Like It was three nights later, and there was a theme of that third night where it was like New Japan versus Noah or something. So I know they try and do something – they're just different, okay? It's New Japan. The people that watch it are already going to watch it. There's there's no real new gaijings that are going to make me watch this event. Because uh, they don't... I guess Osprey Omega, that's that's going to happen at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Jay White and Okada. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be fun, Gino. Um, another Fatal 4-Way. These guys love their Fatal 4-Ways. Let's run down the card. I have no idea. What, I don't watch New Japan. Uh, so I think it only makes sense for the official... Uh, discussion of niche wrestling to completely run down the new japan pro wrestling uh wrestling kingdom night one card from the tokyo dome gino so how how are how much new japan have you been watching recently is it mostly twitter stuff do you go on watch wrestling and like find the events like how well versed are you right now in recent in current events in current wrestling current new japan events i was watching the g1 finals that's right and i watched the world tag league finals so at least i got caught up in like the main picture for both the tag team titles both tag team titles and the main event title picture that's right yeah you you were watching the world tag league and you were following that closely and do you watch because i know they do like road to tokyo dome like they kind of do the same thing that the elite did for or at least AEW still does that don't they know they do road to dynamite still on their youtube channel so are you have you been watching any of the build up and any of the subtitle promos between some of the wrestlers? I haven't been able to watch any of like the row two shows, but I did watch the press conference the other night, which was an amazing conference, especially the best conferences parts were Carl Anderson, Tabatanga, and the main event Kenny Omega Will Ospreys press conference. Let's run this down. Oh, we're not we're not gonna do the pre show. I'm not, I don't know who's gonna be in the Rambo. Are you is is uh why can't I remember his name? Who's the little stocky guy that everybody loves? Why can't I remember his name? I mean, the person everyone really loves that has won multiple Rambos has been Toriano because he always wants to sell his book or any other type of product he has, and he always ends up winning. He's the great comedy wrestler that everyone knows. Dude, Toriano. why can't I remember his name? I'm totally spacing. I always hate when podcasters forget like who who the guy's name was, but who's the short, socky guy that everybody loves? He fought uh, Brian Danielson, and everybody freaked out. Um, he wrestled in uh, he wrestled Josh Alexander, I think. What's his name? Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki. Oh my gosh! You know the problem with Japan is everybody's name is Yuji Nagata. Like I just I could not get any other names in my head. Kujima. Like everybody's everybody else's name except 
Minoru Suzuki's was in my head. Is he going to be in the Rambo? I don't see him. Oh, he is on this card. Okay, never mind. Let's just shut up. Okay, well, let's let's go through the card. So, match number one, and this is match number three on Wikipedia, Gino. Yuji Nagata is going to be teaming up with Kojima. So, pretty much everybody that I was naming just now. And they're also teaming up with Togi Makabe. And they're taking on, pay attention, Gino, Katsumi Fujinama. Did I say that right? I already lost where I was reading. Minoru Suzuki and Tiger Mask. Who's Tiger Mask? Isn't that Juventud Guerrera? Juventud was one of the Tiger Masks. We've had multiple Tiger Masks. I forget who is currently Tiger Mask right now, but I do feel with how these could go, and it being like the first match after the Rambo, and I do think this is how they're going to start off, we will have Minoru Suzuki get the big win. Right, and this is for this is the Antonio Inoki Memorial Six Man Tag. When I die, Gino, I don't want a six man tag. I want a singles match. I, that please honor me in such a way, okay? I want a singles match between Two Cold Scorpio and Effie, and I want them to just dance for a half hour and nobody pins each other. All right, I'll keep that in mind. I'll try to remember this years, years later. You want Effie to get back out of retirement, bring up Two Cold Scorpio's corpse if he's dead, and try to have <laughs> them wrestle, or have someone else come back as new Two Cold Scorpio. That would be a great gimmick. New Flash Funk, Flash Funk 2. Uh, Catch-22, TJP, your favorite. Fran- Fran- Francesco Akira? Is that his- Francesco Akira? Is he your favorite? He's not my favorite, but like I do like TJP. He's doing really good work in New Japan's Trump. Gideon Gray is going to be in their corner. And they're taking on your favorite team of Lee Yo, which is Leo Rush. He's a fighter! And Yo... What happened to show? They broke up. I remember this already. So, and they even put Leo Rush's name as Lee Yo with a Y. So, Lee Yo Rush and Yo, they're going to be trying to take the junior heavyweight tag team championships off of Catch 22. Who's winning, Gino? And tell me why it's TJP. And TJP's going to do his best, but I do feel Yo needs this big win after his fucking park got broken by his tag team partner last year and him being turned on by this. And now he has a new partner with Leo Rush, and I feel Leo Rush is going to help Yo finally get gold again. Where is uh, Sho? I don't see him on the card anywhere. Is he, is, is he the Marty Jannetty of this team? Is, is Yo clearly the Sean? Well, show is like part of like the House of Torture with the uh, evil and part of Bullet Club. So like it's all about Bullet Club setup, and we don't know what's happened with Bullet Club since Jay White in his era and what they're happening with. Especially like now, all these people being kicked out, and still have people like Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows repping Bullet Club. So we gotta see where Bullet Club is and where House of Torture lie at the end. I don't see TJP doing the dab anymore. Kevin Nash is asking about the dab. TJ, I don't notice him doing that. I think even he realized that was getting douchey. He, does he even do a pose when he comes out? He Does he still kind of do the Spider-Man like, like Trey Miguel? What does he do? He kind of just does like the Spider-Man because like, he's cruiserweight, but he doesn't really have a signature pose. He just is one of the best tag wrestlers next to Zack Sabre Jr. When he was walking out to the ring in Impact, he would just wear a cut-off shirt and just kind of come to the ring, and then he wouldn't even take the shirt off. And he's got a great body. You just wrestle in a cut-off and tights, which for him was actually a kick-ass move. Uh, I think that actually, and and I said that TJP's going to win. I don't know who this Francisco – oh, this, Franch- this guy's winning. Francesco Akira, he was born in 1999. He's just a kiddo. He's Italian. They're winning the match. I'm excited to see what else uh, they're going to do in the future. So that ma- so already, I don't know much. You know, this seems awful to me. Now, here's where it starts: Kyrie versus Tam Nakano. Who's Tam Nakano, and why isn't she? She's gorgeous. Why isn't she in WWE? See, there's so many gorgeous women in stardom and in New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially now that they're together in like one promotion under New Japan 
But I do feel like all these great women wrestlers Malak say, Black says, I prefer TJP when he was suicide in 2009. Suicide no, was he was manic, not suicide. There's a complete difference. Hulk Hogan showed us who manic was. Suicide was completely different. We never had suicide on mass. We had to get rid of suicide because, like, the word, right? Like, wasn't that during, like, Tope Suicida? Like, they we're not allowed to say suicide. It's bad. Yes, he became manic, and that's why suicide was not suicide, but we still have suicide occasionally coming out. And suicide was uh, Caleb with the K, Caleb Connolly, but now we don't have suicide work because Caleb's no longer with Impact. Because they only signed him to a three-month deal because that's, that's how long their contracts are for. So Tam Nakano, uh, she's right up your alley, Gino. Uh, I'm thinking that Kyrie's getting a big win. I do see the same thing. Kyra's going to get that big win. We're going to have Sasha coming out during this match here to watch it or to set up a match for night two. But we also could be setting up for whoever Paige and Soraya's part is going to be on January 11th because we still don't know. It could be Soraya and Sasha. It could be Naomi. It could be Kyrie. It could be anybody with New Japan or outside New Japan coming to AEW on the left. It's clearly Mandy Rose, right? That's why they fired her, so we could set up this awesome match. Who else would it even be? Who like Who's in Paige's past that's not in WWE that's like a name that we could say, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. She used to be friends with. And Kyrie. When, and when was that? When was that era? Kabuki Wars. Oh, that's see the Kabuki Warriors. I want to manage them again. So that was a very brief moment in history. I don't know how how long were they actually together. I don't remember like how long Paige was with them before they just decided to be on their own and went retaining those tag team titles up until WrestleMania where they lost to Nikki. I swear Alexa. that was two weeks. Like there was not a lot of time of them together. So let's put that aside. Like that's one option is Kyrie because Paige did manage the Kabuki Warriors for like two weeks. Is there anyone else? Like, go to, like, to NXT. Summer Rae is somebody that's been mentioned in the chat. Like, there's got to be – Nia Jax is another name that's mentioned in the chat. It's not like they were friends ever, but at least they were in NXT around the same time. I just – I can't pin – like, is, there's not really another – Mickey James, is that somebody? Like, a hardcore country moment. That would be fun. This is the last rodeo. She's going to have one match with, with, with Soraya. Uh, maybe Soraya ends her career in Impact. That'd be interesting. So, yeah, I guess it, like Kyrie's the only one that you could play like a connection game to, but there's not really anyone else that she's even been friends with or had a feud with, and I didn't watch what she was doing uh, when she was fighting with her family, you know? I understand that. So we could have Kyrie, we could have Sasha, since Sasha ended her career, she could be like, I forgive you for ending my career and have this big moment, but I doubt that's going to happen, but it could. Anything is possible with AEW, especially with Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, setting us up for both AEW later that night and AEW next week. And is Sasha, so she's good to go, right? There's no like contractual obligations to stay in WWE. She's not going to get, because you, you hear, like, is she just going to be at ringside with a mask on, like Paige? Like, what? Because she's still, how much time was there supposed to be for WWE? Like, it just, this all feels a little bit, like, fast in my head for some reason. Like, when Neville wanted to leave, they had him for another 18 months. Sasha wants to leave, and she can go to Japan six months later. Well, it also because, like, a part of me does still feel everything in wrestling has to be somewhat of a work. New Japan and WWE are working together. We're going to have Sasha, while still under contract with WWE, being in New Japan because Carl Anderson is going to be defending his never openweight championship tonight. So, so Kyrie, I think Kyrie's going to retain. I agree that there's more to do with her as far as champ because she just won this fucking belt. I don't watch a lot of New Japan, but she just won the belt, right? Isn't she kind of the freshest? Isn't this? Isn't she the first IWGP champion? 
Yes, she is the very first IWGP Women's Champ because they never had a IWGP Women's Division until Kyrie won. Yeah, they would they would just kind of partner up with Stardom. So now this is the opportunity for them to kind of get together. Like this is their chance to run with. Oh, we have our own Women's Division now. So I like that. I think Kyrie's going to win. If if uh, Sasha does come out, I mean, obviously this is the only women's match on the card. Are you going to be disappointed if she doesn't come out, if there's no Sasha involvement at all? What if she is rumored to be in Japan and it is just kind of a red herring? I, I would kind of prefer if it is just a red herring because that makes me more excited because of these also more recent rumors that Naomi is returning to WWE, that maybe it's just Sasha coming back to WWE and all this is just making people think, oh, she could show up in AEW, she can show up for January 11th, and it all just leads up to next week she shows up on Raw. Yeah, honestly, yeah, she could she could be in Japan just to check the show out, and then yeah, she's on a plane back to to what's that place called? America, and she's on SmackDown this Friday. Like, there's a lot that could happen, and uh, that's why wrestling's exciting. That's why we're so niche. We we're like behind the scenes. You know, you're reading all the Reddit boards, and you're reading all the other discords that you won't give us access to. So you're really plugged in, dude. Um, so FTR's on this card. Your favorite, um, dude. They are so over with these AEW people. I think they're not that good anymore. Kevin convinced me. I saw them live. Their promo was very much like, you guys all like us anyway. Nobody could tell you why. Even my buddy who bought an FTR shirt because there was only three shirts to choose from, he was even saying, I love Midnight Express. I'm like, so do you like FTR or Midnight Express? Um, they're fighting Bishimon, which is Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, I'm going to pretend like I know what those are. Now, my theory with FTR is they're on a losing streak. Like That's going to be their little – this is going to be like a losing capade. They lost the Ring of Honor titles. Now it's time to lose these IWGP titles. And then they'll only have AAA, which I'm sure they'll lose in a couple weeks at some AAA event. And that way they can go from having all this gold to having nothing. And then they could really focus, turn heel, and then really go after the acclaim for reals. And that's what I'm looking forward to as well. This whole big downfall for them as they lost every other belt but these a the New Japan Tag Team Tiles where they will lose to Goto. And I'm surprised you don't know Goto. I'm sure like you see him occasionally because he's been around for years. I'm sure I, I think know. He was yeah. like, yes, he's worked like the, in the America before. Goto is a legend. And Yoshiashi, I've become a fan of him through this tag team. They've been together for like a few years now since World Tag League last year, like like year before, so 2021. They're a really good tag team, and I'm excited to see them beat FTR. I, like, I'm sure with a lot of these Japanese guys, I, I see them, and then I just totally forget their name. Like, that's just no offense to these guys. And I'm sure it's the same for them when they watch America. They're probably like, John Morrison? Isn't that John Cena? They don't know. So whenever I see Goto and Gato and Yoshihashi, I don't remember. I only remember Tanahashi because uh, he's the ace. Like, if you tell me one guy's the ace, I remember their name. If you tell me Minoru Suzuki, what's, what's the other guy's name? Stone Pitbull. I'll remember that, but I'll never remember Toshihiro. What's his name? <laughs> you're talking about Tanahashi? What, no, no, no. Who's the Pitbull guy that you like? That is Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii. See, I was so close. I was Toshihishi or something. Uh, not racist, you know. So I'm picking uh, the Bishimon. I think Bishimon's going to win. Yoshihashi. Hell yeah, Goto's going to get the big win and pinning Dex. Are you caught up on My Hero Academia Season 6? I've watched two episodes. I I'm enjoying it. I just I have to go on WCO to watch it. So, you know, I don't always do that. I always just go on like... Malakai Black says, I know Yoshi Tatsu. Yoshi Tatsu was over that action figure. That was awesome. Remember, remember NXT, you know, and Superstars? 
what are your thoughts though on this season? So, like, do you, have you, are you all caught up? Are you like twelve episodes deep of My Hero? I need to watch season six. I actually need to get caught up. So hopefully I'll get on there with you and I'll be watching and be caught up right there with you. Yeah. I, season five was such a blur. Like everybody hated it. There wasn't a lot that happened in season five. But season six is starting off like, boom, here we go. Like this is it. And I kind of like that. So I want to – It's it sounds weird because season six is like I'm in the middle of it. I want to go back and rewatch season five because I have no recollection of what happened. Because during the pandemic, I binged the first four seasons. So I was like, oh, I can't wait for more of this. And then season five happened and it was kind of just a – Hey, we've been in a pandemic for a year. We we're just gonna make a season to remind you of who the characters are. Like that's what it felt like to me. So season six is okay. Now you remember everybody. Let's let's fucking ride, bro. So so far so good. And I'm only two episodes in, Gino. Uh, so yeah, get caught up, and we'll do an anime hole real soon. Um, Zack Saber Jr. Ren Narita. This actually is kind of a. Are they making another title? The New Japan World Television Championship. Didn't we just get rid of the Intercontinental title because we have too many belts? Why are they making yes, a new we, title? We need a new title for Strong. This is going to be the big match with Red Narita and Zack Sabre where CSJ is going to have the big win. Do they not have a Strong Championship? I certainly don't believe they do have any titles for Strong. They just have the regular IWGP title, so this could be a good title for Strong. And Yeah, because Strong is... That's on weekly. I know that it pops up on Re- Watch Wrestling. Like, strong. Uh, I've watched one or two episodes of it. Moxley was on the one that I watched. Um, so, yeah, if they're trying to put a belt that can be a little more focused, it would probably have to be on ZSJ. But ZSJ is not American. It's not like he lives in America. I would say, now, as, now, now the New Japan fan in me, I want Ren Narita to win. I think that would be a, a great person to kind of build your your brand around a young lion. This is somebody that you can kind of just say, like, okay, America, here's our television champion. He represents New Japan Pro Wrestling to, like, what we're hoping that you enjoy. And Ren Narita, uh, from the chat, I'm letting you guys know, uh, he was on, uh, what's it called? He was on Dynamite before. Um, so he's been he's been seen in America. I'm thinking Ren Narita can win this match. What, but you, you're thinking ZSJ, right? Like, it's just, hey, white guy, hey, Americans, television champ, white guy. What else is going to be just an amazing technical masterpiece of a match? Like, this is going to go on for 20 minutes. I'm going to be excited every single moment until ZSJ does get that big win for this television title that he deserves. I'm thinking Ren Narita, dude. I think Ren Narita's 25 years old. Um, he kind of fits, like, but so does ZSJ. Like, everything I'm saying about Ren Narita, you can say about ZSJ. Now, he's a little older. He's 35, so it's a 10-year age difference. But like, hey, I'm gonna. We want to create a new championship. What's a good name to like say the inaugural television champion? Zack Saber Jr. is established enough in the non-niche wrestling community. Um, like I think even like a Nathan Weller would know who Zack Saber Jr. is. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic, so th- there is a little bit of brand recognition there. Um, but Ren Narita is pretty fucking awesome. If I could be, if I could be a nerd for a second, um, I'm gonna be rooting for Ren Narita, but I. Th- think Zack Sabre Jr. wins. I think that's that's probably what's going to happen is television championship. Is he a heel right now? Zack Sabre Jr. is always a heel. Yeah, he always likes to people dickheads. He's going to be a great heel champion. Yeah, he's going to win. Zack Sabre Jr. is going to win, but we're all going to be rooting for Ren Narita, Gino. I know that you like ZSJ, but you and me, we're rooting for Ren Narita to get the big dub. In the, that's probably exa- – I'm, fa- I'm a mark. I'm falling exactly into what they want. Like, heel Zack Sabre Jr. is probably going to fucking win, but we're going to root for Ren Narita, baby. Let's go. Get your Sapporos ready. 
Um, Carl Anderson is going to be defending his Never Openweight Championship, taking on Tama Tonga uh, in the Never Openweight Championship match. Uh, we got Luke Gallows in the corner of Carl Anderson. So he, I mean, we talk about the working relationship with WWE. They even let the, the big LG go with him. And then uh, what's his name? Jado? I, I know that name from something. Where's uh, where's our other boy? Where's Tongaloa? Tongaloa, he's turned on his brother. He's a part of the Bullet <gasps> Club. Tomatonga's by himself. Now, he's just a young that by himself for New Japan. He's trying to now fight against Bullet Club. So he has this big feud against members of Bullet Club. So he's got this big match with Carl. And that's why I do hope and I pray that we're setting up that Uncle Alan's going to show up and beat the fuck out of Tomatonga, too. And we're just going to have the entire Bullet Club just beat the fuck out of him. I think Tomatonga wins. I like from what you just said, like there's one guy trying to take down the Bullet Club. Give him a belt. Make it legitimize him a little bit as a singles wrestler. Because he's been a tag guy since I've been watching New Japan, and that's been for ten years now. So uh, I, I think Tomatonga is gonna get a big singles win. Totally makes sense. Very excited for this one. This one's going to be good. I like Tomatonga. I think uh, I used to subscribe to his Twitch. So, and I would think it was a gift sub. Uh, Kenji Muto and Tanahashi. Tanahashi's in a six man. Wrestling's dead. Wrestling is dead. So, the great Muda's in this match. And that's going to be. So, he's teaming with Tanahashi and Shoto Umino, who I think also wrestled in AEW. Uh, and then they're taking on LIJ. But this is the Japan version with Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. So, okay, the names in this are very good. You know, you look at that raw, you look at this card, and it makes sense to just throw these guys in a six-man. It's it's the Great Muda's final match. So much like we do with Sting and Darby Allen, we're gonna kind of cover up the Muda part. And Tanahashi and Umino are gonna be the guys who are wrestling the most of the time. And then Naito, Sonata, and Bushi, they're gonna do the JLB. Muda's losing. Right? Is Japan like America where you want to lose? I mean, it's sometimes it's like with Tyler, when uh, fucking, it's fucking name, right? God damn it. Terry Funk. The other dude who was had just recently retired last two years ago. God damn it. Uh, Liger. When Liger was retired, <laughs> he did have like his farewell tour, kind of similar to what Muda did. And he did like lose a few matches, but he did get a big win in his final match, if I recall correctly. So that's why part of me is like, this could be a big moment for. Muda, and this is not his final final match of his farewell tour. He says, like, I think two more matches, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it's a, there's a note that says his last New Japan match. So it's just his New Japan match. Yes, which that's why part of me is like he could lose this match or he could win with Tanahashi, the ace, helping him get this big win. So for New Japan, he may go over for this match, and I think he's going to pin Bushi because Naito, no, Naito could probably still look safe and still be protected if he loses. So I think. LIJ will not look bad if they lose to Muda, especially after Muda had already match of the year against Shinsuke Nakamura just earlier this week. I'm thinking that I'm thinking Muda loses. I think his shoulders hit the mat at a Wrestle Kingdom, and you could put over a Sonata big time by pinning the great Muda because he he was even ripping off. Remember the great Sonata? Can we talk about? The revolution and impact wrestling. If you're Sonata, somebody that I still think has a big future for New Japan, even though he's kind of in his prime. Like, do you think they've exhausted all they can with Sonata? He can still be a, a top guy eventually, right? 
I do feel that he could be a champion besides just a tag team guy. Because Sonata has always been like in that cups. Like he's always been like the junior, but he never was able to be heavyweight champion. But I do feel like he, even though like I think what's his name, Bone Soldier, or Cold Skull. I forget the fuck his new gimmick name is. But he the is Bone getting Soldier, close, like, bro. Could get, Bone Soldier. That's right. He could get there and he could be champion. But right now, we all still want to keep pushing Naito because Naito should be right up there too so maybe eventually we can get a feud with Sonata and Naito but Naito like if I could play the age game Naito is 40 Sonata's 34 so we do have you know like I'm just saying we do have a little bit of like hey if we're gonna push Sonata what a what a great opportunity he's weighing 220 now so he's in the heavyweight division he can beat great Muda and we could push him into something else as like a top guy Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for them to do so um, I'm picking Sonata to get a win, dude. The great Sonata pins the great Muda. This is going to be awesome. It would be awesome, but you know what? I have to be a contrary. Just be like, this is his last Wrestle Kingdom match, his last match in New Japan. Muda has to win. Could be. We'll see what happens. I'm putting all my confidence points, though, on Sonata. Uh, yeah, the Bone Soldier Ishimori taking on El Desperado. That's not my guy, right? That's not El Fantasmo, is it? Did it change his name? No, it's a different guy. Different guy, Gino. Don't fret. Uh, and then Takahashi, not Tanahashi. Don't let that confuse you. And Master Wato, they're in a fatal four-way for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Bone Soldier, right? Easy. Easy fatal four-way. Get the champion a big win. Or do you think, like, Hey, it's Wrestle Kingdom. This is finally Takahashi's night. It's always been Takahashi's night. Every year is Takahashi's (laughs) year because Time Bomb. Time Bomb and Time Bomb 2, two of the best finishes in the game in wrestling. When he hits you Time Bomb 2, you can't fucking kick out. You're dead. Time Bomb is amazing. I always love Takahashi. Dude, I'm going uh, Bone Soldier for sure. Now, these next two matches, on paper, these look awesome. Now, your New Japan Okada's your main event, right? Like you're putting Okada versus Jay White as your final match. It's Wrestle Kingdom. This is the biggest match on your card that you can put together with your talent. Having said that, as the American who wants to watch an Englishman in a Canadian fight, Omega and Osprey should go on last, right? They're going to tear the fucking building down. Are you going to want to be Jay White and go out after that? You will want to be Jay White to go on after that because you're going to prove Inoki that he was wrong that okada is not the man that this is your era and you're going to prove since he's dead that his guy the man that he pushed to make himself champion put him so far over that this is the moment that jay white fully kills okada's career and becomes the true legend he's supposed to be the god of wrestling that he is meant to be jay white and he gets to have the seven star match where fucking these losers, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, is just going to end up in a draw when Jay White gets <laughs> next and have a clean win over Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada's winning. You don't think Okada's going to win? No, I think we're going to realize that we need to move on from honoring the fucking Inoki anymore. We need to move on from Inoki and have the future of New Japan be in the hands of Jay White. Anoki would love if Okada won. They probably will give it to him, but I just have the hope and my prey and my <laughs> desire that Jay White wins. Malachi Black say, says Jay White is going Anoki's. to the HHH and Jericho trying to follow Rock and Hogan. Jay White is so not beating Okada. It's Wrestle Kingdom. You want to have the big the big white meat vanilla babyface get the big W at the big event. 
No, you want to have the Bullet Club celebrating over his dead body and have everyone with their beers and just celebrating over this loser. And then we set up for night two, having someone return during their celebration. Who's going to fight Jay White night two? Who knows? It could be anybody. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Okada's getting a big dub here. And we we skipped over the match that's going to go before it for the United States Championship. Osprey's beating Omega. You said it's going to be a draw. Osprey's getting a big dub. There's no reason why. Like, this is New Japan. You're Omega, much like when we had to beat up Finn Balor, we had to beat up AJ Styles. Now we got to beat up Kenny Omega. Like, once you leave, once you're no, no longer that top guy gene, like, this is it. Osprey's taking the mantle from Omega. They already wear the same tights. So Osprey's getting a big dub over his uh, – like he's like the clone, but way better. They they finished him. This is this is uh, season six of My Hero Academia. Will Osprey is not going to get that torch passed down. And Kenny Omega, either he wins or it's going to be a draw. And I'm betting more on the draw. So that way they could try to see if they could be able to get a better star rating than Okada did with Kenny Omega in their draw finish. Well, I'm giving the stars out this year. I don't know if I don't know if they told you that, but I'm giving out the stars. And I'm thinking Osprey's getting a bunch with this victory. I'm thinking Okada's getting a bunch with his victory. And I'm thinking Tomatonga and Ren Narita are going to get more stars than both of those guys anyway. And they are going to have like the bigger matches, but I do feel if this match, the second to last match, this Okada, I know Okada, this Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega match, will go into a draw finish. That's my prediction. It's my belief. It's going to be a draw, so we neither of them lose, and we set up for another match. Still. That sounds awful, Gino, but it could happen. You are not wrong. This is just like last week when you were trolling me the entire time. Like I think that when I when I went back and listened to the Slammies, which was such a good time, Kevin did an amazing job. JT's song is so funny, especially like the inside joke just of twenty three. Like it just made me laugh every time because yeah, hey, it says twenty three, but it's a great song. Sounds great. So you were trolling me. Like we talked for an hour last week and you were telling me that you wrote in Speedball Mike Bailey as superstar of the year and Jordan like you just completely switched around all of your answers once it came time to actually pick Slammy winners cuz deep down when you like when you said CM Punk as wrestler of the year I felt so betrayed. I was like, you're just a normie wrestling fan. You come on here and act like you're the most niche guy. Like, no, my opinions are better than yours because I think that LIJ is actually the greatest stable of all time. It's better than the NWO. Like, you say things like that. And then as soon as we get in front of a crowded room, you're like, well, no, clearly CM Punk. I mean, wrestler of the year, he's fantastic. Like, who who could ever bet against him? Like, there were so many, like, flip-flops from you that just were, oh, no, I don't really have hip opinions. I just say that. No, but he is. I do have fair opinions, but I also realized I need to play to the crowd so they can get behind me. So I realized during the time during the chat of the slams, I was like, I got to get people to agree with me so I can agree with them first so I can get them on my side. I was all about planning for my eventual hope that I get some of my actual picks in to win. And sadly, it didn't come into fruition because Kevin didn't understand that the learning tree is the most base stable we've ever had in wrestling. Well, and even things like, yeah, Jordan Grace is OnlyFans. It's fantastic. And, like, the content's great. I'm like, what's the content? And you just didn't have answers. You don't know. So when we're over here saying, like, well, Mandy Rose posts, like, pictures of her, like, tra- like transparent panties. We could see her clear ass. And we're just seeing ass. And then we're talking about that as content. And then we're like, what does Jordan Grace post? And you have none answers. You can't tell us at all what's going on on there. So that, that automatically just puts us in, like, well, pfft. Uh, yeah, we're obviously going to pick. We know the content, so at least we're going to pick it. 
Yeah, sadly, more people care about what they know than what they don't know. They don't want the mystery where they have to actually pay to get. What's up with uh, Meechin? Are they finally going with it? I saw on Raw, she's like running to the ring and they say Meechin and that like they, they have it on the Tron again. Like they're really going back for it. Why do you think that's her? It's like, I, I don't want to be Mia Yim. I want to be Meechin. Is that, do you think that she thinks like that's adding more to her? Whose idea is this? And these callers, like, sometimes me and sometimes me, it's, like, weird. Like, even, like, on commentary, they don't really know which one to go by because she has, like, the nickname. Like, when she's, like, a house of fire, she's Meechin. And, like, throughout the rest of the match, she's called me again. And then in the finish, they still call her me again because she took the pin. Instead of, like, the house of fire beast just killing everybody, Meechin, she would be. So me again is the person, but Meechin is when she, like, is fully, like, Hulk down, just beats the hell out of people. Are they, yeah, are they going for some sort of like a like a Seth freaking Rollins? Like eventually it's just it's not meant to be like its own individual name, but we want to say Meechin Mia Yim. But if you go onto their website, doesn't it say Meechin now? They're they're going all in on this Meechin, uh, even though her social media handle is still at Mia Yim. Uh I, I don't know, like it's just such a we already call her Mia Yim, and we're kind of in this new era of WWE where we're killing kayfabe a little bit more. Like, oh, we acknowledge people that have worked in other companies, and it's more real now than ever, brother. This is the reality era 2.0. So to give her, like, a gimmicky, like, your name is Mantar. Like, to give her one of those, doesn't it not fit this era? But at the same time, this came up, like, just naturally through a Bullet Club segment because I do feel like that was just naturally them talking. It was not something scripted between them where they gave her that nickname. So I've been saying that she actually literally is being called backstage. They're probably giving us a peek around the curtain, like, what they do probably call it backstage that we are not supposed to know. Yeah, and that could be it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they are going for, like, a big LG, Luke Gallows. Like, they're kind of giving each other nicknames, so Meechin needs one. So they're just they they have to oh we'll we'll give her a fun nickname but like I don't is this her fucking idea it, somebody it just doesn't fit it just does not fit it doesn't fit you know what fits her even better just having her to be one name Jade that fits so much better I feel you Jade is so much better than me again you enjoyed that dollhouse didn't you everyone loved dollhouse especially when we had awesome kong there the early stages of dollhouse which she made it even more exciting and having courtney rush's song and courtney what's courtney love song has their theme song it's great kevin nash uh on his podcast do you listen to click this i know that you like like you listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts but click this does that hit your does that stroke a nerve for you does that stroke your geese Honestly, the only wrestling podcast I listened to recently has been Deadlock Pro Wrestling's podcast. That's I how no I listen to Deadlock. No idea what that is. So, click this is uh, Kevin Ash's podcast. They did an end of the year awards. They didn't call it the Slammies, um, but they did have the Boo Boo Face of the Year award, and they gave that to CM Punk. You know, our superstar or your superstar of the year. You're over here uh, saying that CM Punk's superstar. He got Boo Boo Face of the Year, um, and. So, so Walt Damian Punk, the Boo Boo Face of the Year Award winner, Sean Oliver added that he's a shame to beat a dead horse when it's so tired and old and injured. So, holy shit! Um, what are, what are your thoughts on Punk going forward? Just as far as like his his kind of legacy in wrestling, do you think it's been tainted, or has he always kind of been? Does this make him seem like a punk rock kid from from Chicago? He's born at Christ Hospital, or does it make him seem like kind of a like a douchey piece of shit like I've, i go back and forth in my head nonstop. this is all i can think about 
I mean, it's because he is a punk. That's the whole thing. He literally right. is the most antithesis of a punk. He's a badass who doesn't care. He does his own shit. He doesn't care what the fuck you have to say about him. He'll talk shit about you in front of the public because you motherfuckers can't do your job right and make sure media is telling the actual truth, but you want to present these lies to make him seem bad. He only was finally able to speak up now because he was trying to be professional. And all these motherfuckers can't do their jobs. So he had to finally do it himself. And and but for but for his Reseda comment, like everything, uh, like everything he said was so yeah was punkish. But it also when I'm watching it, he's talking about it like he's WWE now, like he's the New York Yankees. I think I said that uh, during the Slammies. And he's the guy who he's making fun of the young bucks for running this place like it's out of Reseda, and he's making it sound like these guys are small time. I'm trying to sell out arenas. I'm fucking CM Punk, bro. Like that's what CM Punk was giving me at that press conference. So now it's like we've gone from I'm the, like the too scrawny kid who's never gonna fit the mold of WWE, but now I'm the one who was in WWE. I'm the one who cut the pipe bomb promo. I'm the one who. Should have made it in at every WrestleMania. I am the guy who sold more T-shirts than John Cena for a few months. So, like, all that stuff that CM Punk was doing, he was New York. He was the Yankees. Now, here he comes to AEW. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to turn this shit into a multiverse. Like, he's like the new Logan Paul. And I just look at him like him complaining about working with the EVPs and talking shit about some of the talent that made it on their own. It's like, no, listen to me. But isn't that what you hated? Aren't you the punk? Why are you now upset when there's other punks in the industry? So maybe he's just an old head and fuck him. Well, it's also because like the EVPs we have now are people Malachi who are Malachi Black says he punk. is just a cunt. Don't overthink it. <laughs> and a post-punk. When we had a real EVP who actually understood the business and understood what AW is supposed to be, which was, in fact, his last promo in AW, talked about how this was punk's idea i took the roadmap i made this i had this happen all you jeer and want me to turn heel because you think i'm supposed to be a piece of shit but i try to make this better i did what he couldn't do i was able to make this dream happen that's only punk realized and he realized that he wanted to be in the company with someone like cody who understood that this is what punk wanted and now we have losers like the young bucks who treat him like shit and don't do their fucking job right when we have people like Cody who were doing their job right properly. But what does and that he was mean? able to love his job. What does that mean? Like they're not doing their job properly. Like what what would their job be properly for in, in accordance Making with sure CM that Punk. the media has the right information and not presenting lies and slander to make it seem like Punk had anything to do a code foot fucking call and losing his job and all this other bullshit that they try to spin and make it seem like oh punk's all this guy backstage he's completely different he's such a bad person he's causing all this trouble all this problem and not really trying to fucking stop these lies from being presented out there because punk did nothing he just does his fucking job and leaves did he do nothing i mean we watched the press conference like he even st- he said some pretty derogatory things about cole cabana for no reason like his mom's bank account like that was shady as shit so you're saying like they sh- like you should control the media like well, the media is gonna media what do you mean like okay guys- hey guys and, like tony Khan walks out before everything starts when you guys ask questions to phil uh keep it down about cole cabana yeah he doesn't want to do that justin how much time do we have we have th- 30 seconds to air. All right, guys, 30 seconds. Here we go. Like, is that what you think's happening at a presser? Like, no, I- I'm Nick Hausman. I brought my pen and paper, 
And I want to ask about Colt Cabana. That's like the number one thing. When I see CM Punk, I think of Scott uh, Scott Colton. And I want to be able to ask about Colt Cabana, your friend. You were on his podcast. You got him in some hot water with some some WWE lawyers and Dr. Amon, things like that. So that that's a huge question that you'd want to ask CM Punk at a press conference. So you're saying it's the Young Bucks' fault. Like they should have went in there first and said, no questions about Scott Colton. No, it's not about that. It's before that, when all the shit was coming out about, oh, CM Punk is the reason why Colt Cabana is off TV, because that whole stuff was coming out because of the Young Bucks not doing their job, like presenting the actual truth of the matter. They were just like, oh, we're just going to hold it back, or maybe they were even leaking this information out there, trying to make Punk look as bad as possible, because they don't like when they had a star who was able to pop the fucking room and actually have like the billion views before they fucking even had anything close to that in after their first fucking night. Their first show they did pop that million, but after that, the next time they did it was when they had CM Punk. So, but you're saying like the, the weeks leading up to it, they're supposed to come out and like, because even even if they said anything, none of us believe it. We're all like, no, see, where's Cole Cabana? We haven't seen him around in months. It's clear that you had something to do with it. And I want to I wanna ask you about it. I should be allowed to ask you about it at least. And that's what he was doing. Much like Skip Bayless is a journalist, like you're looking at, uh, you're looking at Nick Hausman or whoever, they're going to ask about, hey, Colt Cabana. And for for Punk to then go, well, this is all about the Young Bucks and Adam Page didn't ask for advice. Like all the weird shit that he brought up is like, aren't you just kind of a big pussy? Just get the fuck out of here. Get out of our company that we built. So I know you're talking about the million views because like, oh, well, hey, they pulled in a million. But they were still pulling in good numbers. They're still pulling in. They were going to get to him. The show's been great. The show's been great ever since. And it's not, I know that you people like CM Punk, but I have a strong feeling that everybody who liked AEW liked CM Punk. And there was very little, the Venn diagram had very little like, oh, I, I don't watch AEW, but I like CM Punk. I'll check it out. I think that everybody was already watching AEW that was going to watch it for Punk. I guess that's true, but I do feel there is at least a good few, maybe a few thousand, maybe even a hundred thousand or two that were like diehard CM Punk fans. When he walked out, he's like, I'm fucking done. This motherfucker left me. And then they realized this motherfucker's back because of me. And they watched it now when CM Punk came back. So I do feel that there at least were those types of fans. They're like, they were done with wrestling because Punk was gone. Do you think that's true, though? Like, is that how you felt? Like, Punk's back for me. Like, that's, that's not at all how I felt. I felt the waters run dry on the, the UFC thing. He's trying to do comic books and other niche shit. He loves wrestling, so he's coming back because he likes wrestling. Like I never thought, like, thanks for coming back, Phil. We like we're glad you're here for us. Like, no, he's here for a paycheck. He's here for commemorative hockey jerseys. There's no way that he's there because he likes us. Like he's there because he likes wrestling. He's there for both the fans that were diehard for him and for wrestling. Just like I'm gonna be hard to kill. And I'm excited for Impact Wrestling, which is the best promotion. Fuck this AEW shit. No one cares. Dude, I, so I was I was looking at Hard to Kill tickets like not too long ago. and you Malachi put, Black says Punk was back for the money. That's all. He was a broke-ass bum, and he didn't care about the fans. I think that's 100% true, Gino. I think you're you're blinded by your love for CM Punk. Like, no, he came back for me. Like, you bought his hockey jersey. Even the elite selling that shirt. It's like, no, fuck you, Punk. Here's the shirt. We made this. We made the wrestling company. While you sat at home and said, like, I did make a change. Daniel, main evented WrestleMania because of 
of me. You still sat there for seven years. Stop acting like you're the hero. The the Bucks were the ones who never went to WWE, and they were the ones that were able to convince a billionaire to build them a wrestling company. So well, I mean, one of the Bucks did go to WWE. Oh, when was that? Uh, Matt had a match for a call against Eddie. It was like one time he had a match on SmackDown, just a jobber match. Dude, but he did yeah. wrestle on SmackDown one time, so they did work the fit. That is very useful knowledge, Gino. Thank you so much. Our audience needs that because we are a niche wrestling podcast. So I'm so glad you brought that up. But you're hard to kill. So you got your tickets. You knew you needed to get them in advance. You're getting ready for a 45-minute Uber ride to get there. Um, but they're sold out. So now you can't go with a friend. This is a solo Gino event. I can't pick you up on the way there. I, I'm shocked this thing sold out. How many seats are being sold to this event? It's a good question. I don't know how many seats we were able to fill up in the Atlanta uh, Center Stage Theater, but this was able to sell out, so they made their money. That's going to be great, and I'm just excited to see. Because I've been trying to figure this out. So again, the pre-show is like 730, so I'm trying to figure out when the fuck were the doors open to the people so I can buy merch, God damn it, That's what I want to buy is merch. Right? I mean, they'll, open that, they'll open that door early. I mean, 7 is at the latest. I, and I know that there's a difference between East Coast, West Coast. Like, when we went to SummerSlam, they did open the doors kind of late. Like, the main card starts at 5, you know, the three-hour time zone difference. And we didn't get let into, like, 4.30. So we're, like, running to the seats. Dean Ambrose is already having a match with RVD. So we were like sprinting. We got to get to our fucking seats. So Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill is officially sold out. Um, Hard to Kill takes place January 13th. I, and the it looks like on January 14th, there's still tickets available for the Fallout, which is so bizarre. How many people didn't want to do the $10 upgrade? Like, it's $10. You get to go to another wrestling event. Everybody thought, nope, too rich for my blood. So they didn't want to go to that. Um but they don't have it announced how many seats are there. Because you said, like, they got to make their money back. Or they got to make their money. Like, how much money do you – how many seats are in this venue? How many – how much money is actually being made? I mean, tickets are only 25 bucks. They were pretty cheap. And, like, I'm one of the few people, like, I have worked that Saturday. So, I'm like, it's, like, this weird hours where I will literally not be able to go into that show unless I called out of work. And I don't want to do that. So, like, yeah. I – was able to do it because Friday I work like earlier shift. I could work, then go right there after a shower and get ready. But Saturday I would not be able to do it. So maybe there are people like me who work that Saturday they just can't make it like I wish I could. There, and maybe that's exactly what it is. We have the lineup for the car. I mean, it's starting to shape up to be a pretty damn good card. Obviously, we have the go-home show next Thursday, so that we'll do our predictions next Tuesday. Uh, the Impact World Championship is in a full metal mayhem. This feud's gotten too personal, Gino. This this can't be settled in just a, a regular match. Full metal mayhem, dude. Josh Alexander, Bully Ray, Jordan Grayson, Mickey James. You're gonna see, dude. You're gonna see the last rodeo. I think you're gonna be the last rodeo. Mickey James is. Oh, you're gonna cry. You're gonna cry. You hate Mickey James too. So if Mickey James wins, you're gonna be booing your fucking ass off. So. Uh, are you excited? What, what match are you most excited for out of those two? I'm out of those two. <laughs> if I have to pick between those two, I got to go with Impact Wrestling's TLC match, Full Metal Mayhem. Dude, I'm so excited to watch Mickey James beat Jordan Grace. Um, Impact, the Impact World Tag Team Championship Elimination match. I mean, that's, that's, hey, name a tag team in Impact. They're in this match. So the Guns, Heath and Rhino, the major players, the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. X-Division title, Trey Miguel, Black Taru, uh, Deanna Perazzo, Taylor Wilde, and Masha Slamovich, uh, Slamovich in a triple threat match. Looks like Joe Hendry and Moose is like official, and that's on the card. 
So that's not going to be like on like the YouTube pre-show. And then Gresham versus Eddie Edwards. That's like right up your alley, though. You like both those guys. I hate both those guys. So this is going to be a Geno night. I can't wait, dude. I thought we were going to do a companion. How are we going to do a companion while you're there? I don't know how we're going to do a companion while I'm there, man, but I'm sure you'll be able to enjoy it live with the people to showcase them how amazing Impact is, especially since on fucking uh, fourth hour, Tyler was able to tell people that he loves Impact because they're big, like, year-end, like, showing all these great spots, especially the very first one of Jonah versus PCO because PCO is the most over guy, and I'm just excited that Impact is finally being shown to the people through Instagram. How did you not watch How did you not give PCO your wrestler of the year? That was the other biggest sham. Like, you love PCO. He's the worst, and you, you love know. him. Everyone should love PCO. Everyone needs to see just how great PCO is at his old age and that he's willing to stay in his character of perfect creation one that no other wrestlers are willing to do, that they keep kayfabe alive with their character. Sting, he breaks out of kayfabe and becomes Steve Bourne sometimes, but PCO is PCO 24-7. To yeah, Tyler in the chat, he loves that impact on Instagram. He says it's the best. So you're, you're winning people over with IG, which is the whole point of their Instagram. So if you miss impact, it's all right there for you. So, Gino, before we go, speaking of Impact Wrestling, Don West, uh, the news broke, uh, right, you know, I think it was, what, Thursday or Friday of last week, that Don West passed away, age 59. He had an ongoing battle with brain lymphoma. Um, you know, in, in a, earlier tonight with, uh, with Geezy, we talked about uh, DeMar Hamlin. So now here we are talking about Don West. These are two guys, like, in my opinion, both gone too soon. And I know Don wasn't in wrestling anymore, but there was always kind of like a hope he would do more stuff with Impact in the future. Um, but it- Malachi Black says Impact is a piece of shit and I'm going to shit in their casket. Not a Don West casket. Don West rules. Uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, he'd been battling for a while with, with some cancer. And uh, he's going to be missed, Gino. Like I know that you, know, you, you were watching Impact with me back in like 07 and 08. And, yeah, that's when Don West was at, at his hypest. You know, Taz came in, and I get why they had to put Taz in that seat. But, come on, man. Don West is the voice of TNA. He is, and especially when you do research, like watch it back, because I did eventually watch back old TNA every single episode, and seeing the very first episode, Don West, the first guy, comes out of the entrance room. He's the face. He's the guy. And then, like, his whole big moment where he gets off the table because, like, he's been told by the production he could do this because he was just so hyped for Amazing Red. Go, Red, go. <laughs> and then years later, he becomes the manager for Amazing Red. And it was just full circle. It was just an amazing moment. And I just love Don West, Amazing Red. And Amazing Red deserves so much fucking better. And, and in but the Don chat, West is the man. And in the chat, like Nathan brings up, like Tanae's better. And I get like Tanae was a WCW guy, and he was important to, like to TNA. Like, like when we would watch the weekly pay per views, uh, my dad would note he was like, "Oh, that's Mike Tanae." And then Don West would be so like annoying, like like that was like it was you know it was so over the top and like just the, oh my oh and he's going right off the top of the oh no like just this voice that you can't even like like replicate because you just have to hear it to believe it he's having he's sweating he's it looks like he's wrestling and you it just made me get so into that product because it was like such a he because even jr like during his peak good god almighty he's been broken in half like just that that passion for like just a fake sport here's don west really putting over this you know this tna 
And he's such a perfect fit for that whole era. And when he does leave the desk, it is, a, you know, we're ushering in like the the main event mafia era where I stopped watching TNA. Like that's kind of one of the, the things that happened was like, oh man, like this isn't what I liked. I want somebody to yell, oh, an abyss on the tax. Like I want somebody dying as they tell me what's happening in a monster's ball match. That's the thing. I will always love Don West. And one of the, my favorite calls, again, besides Go Red Go, which is the best thing go ever, Red just go. him being that hyped up for Red and him just being so energetic because he loved this match. He he barely even knew wrestling. He was just watching wrestling case, Then he got to see Amazing Red was so hyped for him on top of this Go Red Go. But I got to say, like, the best moment of Don West career that I still remember is when Kurt Angle showed up for the first night and we had like Mike Tanay and Don West just so fucking hyped up to the point that when he did the Olympic slam, Mike Tanay's microphone popped to the point that they would never, I've never had that happen like a, in a big production studio that their fucking microphone fucking popped up and we couldn't fucking hear shit. I thought like that was just one of the biggest moments of just Don West and Mike Tanay setting up for that moment where Angle hit the Olympic slam on Joe was just the greatest moment that I'll always remember. And it, like the debut really was helped out by the commentary. And like commentary is such a huge reason, like why certain moments stick in our head that, you know, Austin winning the rumble and having, you know, JR yell stone cold over and over again. And uh, there's so many iconic moments that you can go like, Oh, well the commentary really elevated that entire moment. So with him being that voice of a lot of, cause I don't remember a ton of Taz calls in TNA. Like, like, uh, like Elix Skipper walking the top of the cage is is elevated by the reaction of Don West. Like there's so many moments that when you think of that classic, you know, the the asylum years and even just uh, early days of impact, like early days of impact wrestling on Fox Sports Net. Like all of that stuff is really, really helped out by this guy who's so fucking into yeah, like you're saying, Amazing Red versus Jay Lethal. Like nobody should care as much as this guy does. Oh my Sanjay Dot always got him in a headlock. Like he's so so insanely into the product. It really did help. So Don West, much like our prayers are with Tamar Hamlin, also with you and your family uh, tonight. So you know it it is about that time to ride off into that glorious sunset. How many hours until Wrestle Kingdom? Do you have time for a nap? I, and I could nap if I really wanted to. Wrestle Kingdom does not officially start till around 2 a.m. Eastern time, but I'm going to power through. I'm going to be ready for this entire night of Wrestle Kingdom 17 night. One. Three hours to go is what it sounds like, Gino. So not much time. You're going to be able to enjoy your Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow night. We have the whole fucking show with Kevin Scampoli after AEW Dynamite. That's always a hoot. Um, and then Nathan in the chat. Now that I think about it, Don West was the worst. So many people hated Don West. Like, so it, it, he's more polarizing than John Cena. It's like, like half the audience was like, "Let's go, Don West," and then Nathan saying, "Don West sucks." Like, so many people hated. Malachi Black that. says, "Now I think about it, Don West was the he, worst." He tried to do uh, instead of a TTS, he like with grit. He wanted to do a Gino. Maybe we should change it to Gino, and people could use like, "Hey, you subscribe, use Gino, and you'll be able to interrupt." That might be the new thing, but. Uh, thank you, everybody, who was here tonight. Nathan, Dakota, TK91, clearly underscore, or T underscore, 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 Dakota. Kevin Scampoli was here. Tyler Spida. Mike Glasses entered the space and followed. A lot of fun was had tonight. Kevin Nash was here. That's always fun. He names uh, CM Punk the boo-boo face of the year. Any parting words before we ride off, Gina? I just got to say, if you all don't remember much about Don West, Mark E.D. has a great video all about Don West to memorialize the amazing announcing to remind you how great he was. 
Thank you so much, Gino. Let's have a good night. Everybody enjoy Wrestle Kingdom in three hours. Gino will be wide awake in the Discord, I assume. Uh, so let's enjoy Wrestle Kingdom with him. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Gino. No problem, please. Love you, man. Have a good night. Love you. Enjoy Hard to Kill. I'm so jealous. How did he get that? <laughs> <laughs>